Welcome, everybody, to the All Elite Zone podcast. This is Talking Elite. Uh, Connor, unfortunately, could not make it tonight, so it'll be just Adam and I. Adam, how are you doing, buddy? Doing all right, man. Yeah, no, it's it's a two man team tonight. I see, so I guess we'll have to make do with it. Connor, we miss. He's you. the tr- yeah. Yeah, hope Connor. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're. Uh, so we get back on next. Yeah, it's gonna be a fun show. Thank on to our show. Uh, tonight. We are having a very fun uh, talk tonight. Uh, a common break. And so tonight is let's have a conversation on some of the greatest tag teams um, going from the 80s, going all the way up to where we are at today. Um, so we'll talk about, of course, the golden era. We're going to talk about the Monday Night War with WCW and, of course, you know, WWF at that time. We'll talk talk about the ruthless aggression era and then we'll work our way up to modern ROH and and, and wrestling and of course new japan it's gonna be- can you hear me all right i mean you keep coming in and out lane you, yeah you're you're in and out so I don't know if it's your internet, but you keep coming in and out. <sighs> I don't know why I'm having such a huge issue. I've had internet problems last couple of weeks. I don't know why. All right, I think we are good now. Um, probably am I clear area. now? It's probably your area. That yeah, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, people do not get AT and T internet. Well, why be, would you? Uh, <laughs> uh, tech tip for the day. It's the worst yeah. internet to get. Anyway, yes. All right. So, um, with Slice, so with the um, with the coming of you know WWF when Vince McMahon took over um, from his father, you had the golden era of uh, WWF, and there was a lot of uh, different quirky teams. So Adam, for you, when, when I when you think like 80s tag team wrestling, what comes to your mind? Well, I'm gonna go late 80s, uh, because I was an 87 baby. Um, and I think they were just getting started in the late 80s, but they were huge they they, they kind of grew in the 90s, but they kind of got their start in the 80s on the WWF circuit, and that's the Road Warriors. Um I I I loved um, the Road Warriors, uh, some of their earlier stuff, like they weren't what they were or what they became in WWF. They were kind of like a prototype of what they were, um, you know, riding the motorcycles with, you know, the Mad Max kind of look to them about like a wasteland look to them. Um, but, but we see them and um, they kind of um, kind of came to their own as the late 80s, early 90s kind of snowballed into it um with the wwf but you know you knew you were getting a good a good time when you heard that that song what a rush like that's you know yeah you knew it was going to be a great tag team match 
Very close to. Lane, you you keep uh, going in and out again, bud. Um, all right, of course. Anyways, did you watch their uh, Dark Side of the Ring episode? I did. I did. Um, I, I thought it was a really good episode. I have to go back and think about it because I haven't seen, I, I haven't watched it in a long time. I haven't <laughs> seen it in a while, but I remember watching it. Um, and I knew um, Animal had um, a lot of issues. Um, yeah. Or was it Hawk? I can't remember which one it was. It might have been Animal. I think Animal was the I one. I think it was Hawk, yeah. Oh, Hawk. Yeah, Hawk was. Because um, Animal was Laronitis. Um, so, yeah, Hawk. Um, Hawk. Um, I know Hawk had um, a lot of issues with drug use and all that stuff. Um, and I know uh, Animal, um, Mr. Laronitis, tried to help him. Um, but there was, like, no going back. Um, so I know he had a lot of issues, personal. Yeah. Um, but, um, but, yeah, no, I thought it was a really good episode. Really delved into their start as a team. Um, and they did a lot of, like, even before the WWF, they did a lot of, like, Mid-South wrestling and all that stuff. And uh, I think they were part of, like, Jim Crockett's yeah. NWA. Japan. In Japan. They were really huge in Japan. Um, yeah. In the early 80s, well, they were big in Japan. Yeah, it was it was one of those things that, like, I remember um, matches, you know, basically a couple of years ago when I, when I got out of that, that bubble of modern wrestling. So, you know, when I watched, I watched that, I watched that episode on quarantine actually. And so after that, I kind of went down a little bit of a rabbit hole um, with those guys, watched a couple of their matches from Japan. And, you know, I, there was a lot of things I didn't know about in that documentary. So I thought um, Ethan brings up, he, he and then First, you had Owen, you had the British Bulldog, you had the Advil. Um, mm-hmm. The Advil and the team in that bunch. Um, another team that you could also bring up, too, were the Bulldogs. I think they were another good you know, tag team. Um, yes. But going with um, the Hart Foundation, though, I like I said, I think with, especially with, you know, the Advil, I thought he was probably one of the, one of the like best powerhouses yeah i think i think him and owen teaming up um you know he wasn't you know he wasn't i think yeah no i think i think when him and owen started teaming up i think that's when you saw some some of the best technical wrestling i think because you had the two styles clashing in the ring with owen's technical and then a mix of uh jim's Technical slash face like hard hitting, um, kind of wrestling. Uh, so, um, but yeah, no, I agree. The Hart Foundation, I mean, was a big established team uh, in the early days of WWF. I mean, they 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 they're what helped WWF get over in Canada. I mean, that that was the big Canadian team for them that WWF found success and an audience in Canada. So I think it was a smart move to have that. You know. Yeah. Um, another like team that a lot of people talk about is the Rock and Roll Express. You know that was another you know 
big team right there. I actually have. Yeah, I feel like there was a lot of expresses. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah, I have them listed because so, I have um, a full list on my phone of like the error, <laughs> like tag teams. Oh wow! Cool. So yeah, like the Rock and Roll uh, yeah. Express. There was a lot of expresses back then, wasn't there? Uh, yeah. You also had the Midnight <laughs> Express too. <laughs> yeah, the Midnight Express. The Midnight, you know, Express. That's when- the Midnight Express and uh, Rock and Roll Express were really huge in NWA. Um, that's that's where they got most of their like big um, like fan support was the NWA and the kind of grew. Um, and then obviously with the mid to late eighties when you know Vince McMahon kind of bought WWF from his father, he kind of grew it in the. Um, I can't even say the word, the glamometer or whatever it's called. Um, the big global. <laughs> yeah, I got it. Gotcha. It is now. Um, and pretty <laughs> much teams from all these other promotions pretty much just flocked to WWF. I mean, and you mentioned them, the Rock and Roll Express, the Midnight Express, you know, all those. You know, you can't forget the Rockers, too. You know, Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels. You know, you, you had them blow up in the 80s. You know, they became popular. So... Yep, Sean, my Martin, Mari Janetti. I think that was probably one of the best um, heel turns, um, at least in that era. Like, because, you know, look at how many tag teams we've seen over the years split up. I feel like that one is still one of the most memorable, like, splits, you know, of any any era, really. Just having, you know, Sean Michaels super kick him through that barbershop, you know, that window. That That will stick in my mind probably until either something drastically happens or, or, I, or I die. It was one of the best moments of professional wrestling, especially of Shawn Michaels' career, because it's kind of sad what happened to Marty, uh, but you see how it, Shawn Michaels' career, he just kept going up and up and up and became, you know, Mr. WrestleMania. Yeah, no doubt. Um, but, you know, even though that, that I mean, they, they had a great feud over that, you know, and you, you kind of get that now as part of a story with a lot of tag teams breaking up. Um, where one turns heel, one is face, um, and they they obviously face each other. Um, it, it, it goes with the – it's kind of the uh, MO for a lot of promotions to do with the tag teams to break them up like that. Um, but I think you're right. I think the trajectory of Shawn Michaels and Jannetty, I, I also think that WWF saw a star in Shawn Michaels, and unfortunately, in Marty's case, they didn't really see a star in him um, because he wasn't the look that they were going for. Um, if a lot of people remember the early days of WWF, there's a lot of ideas of how Vince McMahon would look at the wrestlers. I mean, you'll get someone like Hulk Hogan, big muscular blonde hair, you know, Shawn Michaels, blonde hair, and a good looking cut kid. So he wanted to go for bigger, bigger, strong guys, but also clean-cut, good-looking young guys, you know, to try to get that audience. But still the baby face, like, yeah. Yeah. But you had, like, that Texas Tornado. You had, you know, Owen, to an extent, had that, you know, clean-cut baby face look. Um, Yeah. yeah. It was kind of like – it was one of those – it kind of, like, was like a – once, I think, Sean turned on, you know, Marty, I think soon after, you know, you had probably one of the best eras of professional professional wrestling but you know a lot of fans kind of hold you know true into their hearts um and that's the attitude era not and your you know your wcu and your wcw and you know raw and yeah. there was a lot of great teams and things to come out of that era um so we'll start with the um you want to start with wwf or you want to start with wcw 
Let's go WCW. Yeah. All right, let's go WCW. So for me, when I think WCW, the, the one team that really stands out to me, besides you know the NWO, uh, um, I would have to go with Harlem Heat. I feel like they're one of the teams that you know was on that show. Um, I know we did a watch along, and I can't remember who they faced. It was some. It was a. It was like more of a country boy team, but it had like the Colonel as their manager. I can't remember who it was, but I think I, I know you're watching about- like. Uh, yeah. yeah, I know who you're talking about. I can't, I can't remember. remember their team name. Yeah, and it was one of those ones that, like, with having with Harlem Heat, it was just like so much fun watching them in the ring. You could tell there was a good chemistry there, no matter who they faced. And for me, like, especially looking at and seeing a young Booker, you know, and seeing how far he came as a, he was a great tag team wrestler, but then coming up and being almost like you know like a Shawn Michaels, where he was a great. You know, he was a great, you know, Intercontinental Champion. You know, five time, five time, five time, and he was just—it was such a great. Because like, I didn't watch WCW back in the day. I was a baby when WCW was around. But you go I back. Kinda, I kind of remember. Yeah. I kind of remember watching some of it in the mid to late nineties. Yeah, and to see, you know, to see how, like I said, Harlem Heat and seeing Booker and man, he's still was one of the best talents on that roster. Very underrated for sure. Um, who would you think, like, when you think WCW, Adam, um, what team comes to your mind? I actually got a couple, um, and actually I will okay. agree with you on Harlem Heat. Um, it was also really cool to see, um, you know, you had the Nation of Domination, you know, in WWF, um, but they kind of stemmed later on from where Harlem Heat was, so it was kind of cool to have you know um you know like i say like it's cool to have uh uh luchador wrestling represented in a promotion it's cool to have you know um these i mean i'll say it it's, it's cool to have an african-american team that actually is being represented in a promotion you know and being pushed um and, and they both are very talented wrestlers um so um so I, I could agree with you there that Harlem Heat was a really cool tag team to watch in WCW. Um, another group I can always remember is uh, the Steiners. Um, the Steiners. Were yes, another I was about to say, yes. Um, the Steiner brothers, man, they just, man, were they awesome. And for me, too, because as a young kid who wrestled, like watching a tag team that actually wear the headgear on TV, like I'm like, dude, that is that's ridiculous. Like they're wearing headgear, like that's cool. Like as a kid who wrestled, I'm like, oh my god, I have to wear headgear. They wear headgear in this. Um, and they were just really brutes, man. And I loved watching the Steiners, the you know the Steiner recliner, you know. Um, it's still a brutal move, man. They, they, oh yeah, no, you know, and, and Scott Steiner with the holla if you hear me, like that. That's always a good time. Um, and then another team I think of is the Nasty Boys. I don't know if you Nasty, Boys, the Nasty yes. Boys, yes. Yeah, it was uh, Jerry Sags and Brian Knobs uh, were the Nasty Boys. Uh, man, were they fun to watch? Man, they just <laughs> they just had their own style. Um, and they, I mean, the way they threw punches, where they kind of like get jiggy with it, it was kind of like an ode to like Dustin or uh, Dusty Rhodes. You know how Dusty Rhodes would do his shake, rattle, and then you know throw a punch. Um, yes. But I always loved watching the Nasty Boys. I don't know why, but they were fun to watch when they came on TV on WCW. So. 
So I would say those three teams, pretty much Harlem Heat, the Steiners, and um, the Nasty Boys were kind of what I feel were the early days of WCW. So, yeah, I feel like not, I think it kind of overshadowed it a little bit, at least in that kind of time frame, was you had, you know, probably two of the biggest factions in wrestling. You had D-Generation X, and then you also had the NWO. And right. a star that kind of crossed both over in the Attitude Era, you know, those, the team that, you know, you had, you know, part of the clique. You know, it's funny how they were, you know, they were probably one of the best tag teams in WCW, but Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, you know, the bad guy. And, and to see... He, you know, and like I said, they had a lot of great tag matches um, with you know pro- with um, both companies, and then having that be in WCW with the NWO, and where everybody was in the NWO towards the end. But they were you know one of the best factions in wrestling. I don't say a faction, really necessarily a faction show, but to have to have to, but to have those two, it was just it was such a fun dynamic when they first appeared on um, WCW. When you know that, that first night was just. It sent chill. It, 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 every time I go, go back and watch it, it sends me chills. I mean, I mean, you also have to remember some of the great, you know, um, moments. But and I know it's not a Monday Night War, War theme, but with those teams, I mean, those were the two biggest teams. Um, you know, I'll, I'll go on. I'll go two points on this matter, and then we can move on. But you got to remember that in the in WCW, yeah, you not only had the black and white NWO, but you also had the NWO Wolfpack with the red. Um, so they kind of split that off into two factions. Yeah, you had the Wolfpack, yes. Yeah, so you had a, a whole different. So you had guys jumping from black and white to the Wolfpack. Guys jumping from Wolfpack to the black. So you had the whole storyline where all these guys were just jumping ships between these the, the, the two NWO factions. Um, all the while, WWF is being dominated by DX, who is just recruiting guys. You know, who you know you had Triple H, Shawn, and Shawn Michaels, then they recruit the New Age Outlaws, and then they recruit Shawn Walton. You know, so, yes. and then you have that infamous invasion um, um, setting when W when DX went to where WCW was broadcasting from, you know, just down the road from where they were doing, you know. So you gotta say back in the heyday of the the Monday Night Wars, like those those two factions, you know, even though the NWO was split into two, um, those two factions were dominating television yeah. back in the early early nine uh, mid to late mid to late nineties. You know, I think before I move on, um, going to, you know, with, you know, the raw side of the war, um, another t- you know, team, you know, comes horsemen. You have Tolly Blanchard and Arn Anderson, you know, mm-hmm. two of the best workers in, you know, really any, you know, in, you know, any company they worked for, but, to, but like I said, but looking at how those two worked, they were very smart on how they worked their punches, their selling, you know, they, Knew how to Arn knew how you know he was one of the best wrestlers. I would say in WCW. Yeah, yeah. No, Arn and, and the way, and then you see Arn's son Brock. You know, kind of having almost adapting his dad's style of wrestling in the ring. You know, the heavy hitting. You know, here is you know spine buster, and you know how he's how he's dropped how he uses his elbows with hits, and you know his 
his punches and how he punches like his dad, you know. So it's really cool to kind of see that passed down to a generation, you know, um, from father to son. Um, and I know we're probably going to start moving into new uh, different decades here, but I kind of want to touch upon a couple of other tag teams yeah. from earlier days. They're not even part. Yeah, of course. Of you know. Yeah. Because let's uh, yeah, let's put a. Uh, yeah. No, because I was going to say there's there's a couple teams I want to touch upon. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously the Four Horsemen. I know it's a faction, but sometimes yeah. you'd see them tag team. You know, the Four Horsemen were kind of a tag team. You know, two guys would be wrestling part of the crew. Yeah. You know, um, and then obviously we wouldn't have this certain rule in pro wrestling if it wasn't for them. But the fabulous Freebirds. You know, we wouldn't have the we wouldn't have the Freebird rule. Yeah, the Freebirds, the one Eric. Yeah, no, I'm saying like you, we wouldn't have the Freebird rule where team, tag teams of like three or four guys can switch the tag titles. You know, you saw that, and it was because of the Freebird, the Freebird rule. So where any where any two members of the team can be tag team champs. So, but I just wanted to touch on those teams as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's one thing with, and if you go back and like watch, you know, the Von Eric and the Freebirds, you know, they had some of the best matches of, you know, of wrestling period, whether it's tag team or, you know, it was really a civil, it was basically a civil war between wrestling. It was probably mm -hmm. one of the best moments of like, you know, that golden era. And even before that too, like they were, like I said, the Von Eric's are still talked about down here in Texas, the Freebirds. You know, without the Freebirds, you know, we wouldn't have entrance music. Mm -hmm. You know, we wouldn't have because they came out. They were the first ones to come out to music, and they came out to music. of course Freebird. But you know, yep. yeah, we got in. So you know, a hit, like so, thanks to those guys, like we have, you know, some of the best entrance. You know, of any of every period, probably go down and pick out different entrance music. But thanks to them, like you know, the New Day were able. Able to you know split the tag team duties you know because of that they were able to bring that that rule in so yeah I agree I think that's one of the best things um, SCU you know I, I can't remember if it was 100 percent confirmed but they were able to I think they were able to defend the title with no matter who it was so yeah the Freebirds definitely um, Ethan and we'll get to these guys a little bit later but the Dudleys another another great team that will be um, coming up after. You know, of course, their ECW run was great, and they got a whole, whole like, minutes, but, yeah, the, um, a great team, for sure, Trailblazer in the sport. And yeah. then Ethan most, also most, says, um, the I don't know these guys, uh, do you, the Bastion Brothers? Yeah, I know them. They um they had a – At least for sure. They had um, a I, short run in the WWF back when they changed it to like the WWE. Um, they, they were an interesting tag team. I wouldn't say they're a memorable tag team, but they, they, they were an interesting tag team. Um, and I think one of the most interesting thing about them was their valet lady. Like she outstood, she was tall as hell, taller than both of them. And like, they had like this little, really? Yeah. They had this where they wear like leather, and they'd be like dominants or something like that. Like it was a weird kind of run for the Bashams. And then at some point, I think <laughs> the Basham, yeah. And then at some point, the Basham brothers like teamed up with JBL when he was WWE champion. 
and like he was part of their cabinet. So like they had like a weird, interesting run with WWE. Huh. I have a lot of knowledge of weird crap in wrestling. <laughs> I just don't know why, but but that's what I remember about the dash. <laughs> Yeah, that was um, another. Yeah, I need to go back. I need to watch them play. So I have, like I said, I'm still getting the impact. So um, I'm going to have to go watch them. I'll, I'll, I'll watch, I'll do some homework, and I'll uh, touch base with you guys next week in the Bashams. And I'll see if I liked it. Yeah, like, I know like, I know the Dudleys, and I love, I love the Dudleys. Um, so, you know, not, you know, another fun thing that I, another fun team that I just thought about randomly just because, um, Anthony Bowens was talking about it on, on uh, Chris Van Leet's podcast. Um, Bill and Chuck. Yeah. yeah. The two very close bros that almost yes. had a wedding. Very the, <laughs> interesting. I believe I very believe that was like the first gay tag team represented on TV, even though neither one of them were gay. But it was the – well, actually, Chuck might have been in real yeah. No, that's not who I was thinking of. Was Chuck really gay in real life? I think they're both I know Chris, straight. I know. Okay, no, I they both are straight. I, I know Chris was, Cannon. Um, Chris, Chris Cannon had a had a secret life about. Yeah, it. Chris uh, Cannon. Yeah. remembers that. Yeah, about the whole dark side of the ring. He had that secret life, and he was trying to hide it so much. Which I felt bad for the guy. You know, it's it's like, dude, just be you. Just be you. I know it sucks, but be you. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, Bill and Chuck. Yes, I remember that one. That was another interesting team. <laughs> Did you hear the story that um, apparently um, due to Chuck's, um, he wasn't able to appear, but he was going to come out and his gift from the acclaimed was going to be Chuck. And they're going to have a reunion on Dynamite. And that it almost happened, awesome. but Chuck had uh, a previous engagement that night. So, yeah. Yeah, that would have been awesome. It's one of those things. It's so weird to see, you know, him go, for, you know, see, you know, to see, you know, daddy ass himself. Go from Bill and Chuck to the New Age Outlaws and Degeneration X. Yeah, like, I'm like it's so. It's, man. Ass man. You didn't know. Well, your ass better call somebody. You know, it was well. That's when I think really sports entertainment was starting to take more over. Like compared to, like you know, you had a lot of like goofy characters in you know the eighties. But man, D Generation X, like you gotta admit, they were probably one of the most funniest acts, and especially they were probably one of the best and funniest acts on, on on either either promotion. Like they were yes. like they were that ones, yeah. And especially like you said, to see almost really like everybody really evolved during that time frame. You know, Triple H. That's when he really, you know, he started you know coming away from that Hunter Hearst Helmsley. And then, like, starting, you know, to come out of a shell and then, you know, eventually become the game. But, man, just going back and watching some of those promos and, like, the whole, like, when the FCC was trying to censor them, <laughs> just to have that, you know, that moment when <laughs> they're like, we can't say ass, dick, cock. Yeah. <laughs> those words. It was yes. in context, people. Don't, 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 uh, don't cancel us. It was in context. Yeah. No, but but you also have to go back to the ECW days. I mean, we just talked about them, the Dudleys. Dudleys were pushing the limits in in ECW, man. They had fans hating them. Like there was times where riots almost started 
because of the Dudley boys. Full on Like full on fights because Bubba Ray knew how to freaking insult people in the crowd. You know, there's so many times he'd get in someone's face, man. Like it, it, it was, it, it's that, that parallel line where you know how to play your character and DX knew how to play that whole, you know, the whole breaking the rules, you know, being degenerates, but Dudley's were all like, we don't care. We're the Dudley's. We're going to talk to you the way we're going to talk yeah. to you. We are, you know, and I miss the stuttering Bubba Ray. Like I do. I really do miss the stuttering Bubba Ray Dudley. Um, yes. And God, God bless his heart for being in his 50s. He looks solid, man. Um, if anybody watched that Full Metal Mayhem match between him and Josh I, Alexander, really dumb, man. He, that guy is in shape for being in his 50s. Like he, it's crazy, like how much, like he, he's really came. Um, man, he, he, like I said, he's really, like he was in really not the best of shape when he left WWE, but man, he really got back into it. Um, so yeah, Bubba, another great team, and we'll, like I said, we'll even talk more about, you know, especially with the TLC matches they had, you know, with Edge and Christian. <laughs> in the Hardys, you know, yeah. that was probably one of the best. Um, I mean, it was one of the best. It was one of the best tag team moments of you know the era and transitioning into the ruthless aggression. Because it was it was like what right on the border of like the invasion angle, right? Is when the when it was um, pretty much it was pretty much era was kind of ending. Two thousand and one, I believe, was the first TLC match, um, and then you no. Know, Maybe 2000. Yeah. 2000 might have been the first TLC match. And then you had 2001 was like TLC 2. Um, they had a lot of tables matches, obviously, because yeah. of the Dudleys. Um, the one match I remember is the Dudleys versus the Hardys at the Royal Rumble. Um, they had that tables match there, which was yes. where the one spot where Bubba Ray took a chair shot from the balcony and fell through like two tables. It was... <laughs> It was awesome. It was a cool spot. <laughs> oh. um, but yeah, no, that um, that series of matches, it just redefined tag team wrestling, especially tag team gimmick matches. Um, and, and you kind of saw it just explode. Um, and honestly, I, I thought it was some of the best tag team gimmick work ever was the TLC matches. Um, because of TLC matches, you get um, the Folk Metal Mayhem matches in Impact. You get the, um, uh, you know, some of the some of the Lights Out matches in, you know, in AEW. You know, invest in the tables, ladders, and chairs are kind of intertwined with the Lights Out and no DQ matches um, in AEW. And so I, I really think those three teams, you know, Edge and Christian, Dudley's, and Hardy's, really took a step up and kind of changed the direction and projection of tag team wrestling going into, you know, the ruthless aggression area on top of the whole birth of TNA wrestling. So, yeah, that's so crazy. Like how much like kind of intertwines with with our history of this great sport. Um, Of course, like I said, now that we're kind of transitioning into the ruthless aggression era, you know, the Hardys, you know, Man, they've had a lot of great matches and moments over the years. You know, a lot of different, you know, characters, you know, characterizations. Um, I think they had probably one of the most emotional splits 
when everything mm-hmm. happened with Jeff and Matt, but maybe that's because I'm a I'm an older brother and I'm a brother myself to where, you know, there was a lot of animosity for Jeff because, you know, going back to kind of what happened with, you know, um, with, you know, Michaels and, you know, and Marty, you know, there's always a fortune that one star that's, for the most part, you know, that better, that better wrestler, that better character, that especially Vince, you know, if he sees something like that, he's going to split the team up, you know, like, right. you know, you're not having you know, individuality. And I was going to say that, I mean, the first split of the Hardys wasn't really anyone's fault except WWE's because they actually released Matt Hardy um, due to situation, due to that backstage issue with, yeah, you know, Lita cheating on him with Edge, um, you know, was was Hardy's release from, you know, so the split between the Hardys wasn't really Jeff or Matt's fault on that matter. It was just a backstage personal issue with with three people that didn't really involve Jeff. Um, but then, you know, typical WWE saw cash grab right there. That's a story right there. So they brought Matt back and had that storyline <laughs> going. You know, and once Matt came back, they're like, hey, let's get the Hardys back together. They were huge for the early 2000s. Um, but then you also saw teams like just magically come together or just show up. Um, I remember the debut of Eminem. <laughs> you know, Joey Joey Mercury and um, uh, John, uh, John, so- Johnny Wrestling or Johnny, Johnny Elite or whatever he goes by, whatever promotion he's in. <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, Joey Mercury and yeah, <laughs> forgot about that one. Melina, you know, and they beat the Edge, uh, uh, Rey Mysterio, and uh, Eddie Guerrero for the tag titles. I was like, who, who are these guys? Like, <laughs> and they beat two legends. <laughs> no, yeah, the tag titles. And I'm like, who are these guys? So, like, you had them show up, and then obviously you had the Basham show up in the. <laughs> You know, in the ruth, uh, ruthless aggression era, uh, had the world's greatest tag team. You know, Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin. Which, my God, I would. I mean, basically, those two guys and Kurt Angle are the reason why you see the yes, Team Angle, the bloodline, where you see the bloodline story going. Um, and I, yes. and actually, Kurt Angle, Kurt Angle just gave an interview and said, "What you're seeing with Roman, with being the longest champ." Originally, that was going to be Kurt. That was going to be Kurt and the, the world's greatest tag team together. And they were going to bring on one other person. And they were going to make that a storyline in the early days of Ruthless Aggression. Um, but it changed. And so what you saw with that back in the Ruthless Aggression era, you know, and then you saw the birth of TNA wrestling. You know, because obviously Jeff Jarrett leaves WWE and he starts promotional. <laughs> Good nuts. Yeah, he teams with NWA guys and they just form NWA slash DNA and it just blows up. And then you got teams in that era. You know, you got um, Beer Money. I mean, Beer Money was great. Yeah, I love Beer Money. Um, you had I'm trying to remember some of the early tag teams. I, I'm I don't know if Motor I, Machine. I'm very terrible at it. They're they a little up? bit. They're a little bit past that. They're, they were getting formed, like I think, in the middle between our era, the star team, if I remember correctly. Right, like, and then, I mean, you, you, you also here, had, but, um, but you also he's, had, he's a big Motor City Machine Gun fan. Yeah, no, you, and then you also had P.D. Williams and his faction in TNA with all the Canadians. Hmm. Um, you, you had those factions in TNA. <laughs> yeah. Um. 
But then you saw a lot of WWE guys jump ship to TNA. You know, you saw Kurt Angle jump to TNA. You know, you saw the Dudleys jump to TNA. Yeah. You know, you saw these these guys just jump to that 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 promotion. So I mean, with even with the tag teams that WWE had in the ruthless aggression, the Jalas there, yeah, yeah, you, you still saw individuals and teams jump ships to TNA. You know, because you got to remember there was nothing else. It was just impact. It was just TNA, and it was WWE. And TNA was not as big as WWE. WWE ruled professional wrestling basically from the purchase of WCW up until 2019, which we'll eventually get to. But you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. for the most part, still had some of the earlier on um, Attitude Era tag teams still part of WWE in the Ruthless Aggression era. You know, I think you know there are some. There's a lot of random teams. Um, kind of going back to that because you know Benjamin and Charlie Haas was one of the better tag teams, more memorable. Um, you also had the Major Brothers, two Edgeheads. When you know they were slightly called Major Brothers, when I went to you know when Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins were under Edge, came out and cost you know. Yeah, the whole shenanigan with the Undertaker and Edge and the you know, weird little team for a little bit of championship. It was such a place, and there's a lot of thrown together teams. And I think that's kind of why, and really, until like recently, but in WWE, there was not really a lot of tag teams that were just a team. Like, normally, it was either thrown together guys or it was like an afterthought, have them um, like month to month, maybe, you know, championship. You know, reigns, and then the team would just disappear, and then you would forget about them, or they'd be jobbers to the stars. You right, know, I but the, I mean, the hard part with you know that the ruthless aggression era a little bit. Right, but but then you also had, like you said, the the whole storyline of oh, will they, won't they coexist as a team, all that stuff. But then you also had teams just yes, popping up. You true. know, you had Caden Murdoch. Caden Murdoch came out of nowhere, and uh, you know. Um, you know, um, Lance Cade, uh, you know, are, you know, may, you know, may he rest, you know, for forever, you know, cause you know, he had his, you know, his issues. But when you look at someone like Trevor Murdoch, who has gone yeah. on to win the NWA championship twice, <laughs> like he's not had an individual career, but you had those two guys, you know, make a wave in, in that area. You guys, had, you, you also had, um, the hurricane and Rosie. You know, as a tag team, you know this. Oh, I forgot about that team. Yeah, you had them as a tag team. I forgot about Um, that. Yeah, you know, and and Rosie, another one who you know passed away too too soon. Um, you had them as a tag team. You know, so you're right though. You had too many of random teams put together. Like, you know, you had at one point you had Batista and Rey Mysterio team together. At one point you had Undertaker Batista together. You had Shawn Michaels and John Cena. Then you had the reunion of DX, you know, in, in late 2006, <laughs> early 2007, you know, that feud with the Spirit Squad. Um, so you, like, had these, like, random teams. <laughs> Spirit but, Squad. You know, but then you had the teams like the Colognes, you know, Carlito and his brother, you know, that you had the Colognes. Yeah, the, yes. Yeah, you had oh, the Colognes together, yes. which, you know, that, that's a family. That's a wrestling family right there. If anybody does their research – Research the Cologne family because they their history of pro wrestling goes back a while, um, maybe early eighties. Um, the Colognes, pretty much, maybe even late seventies. I'd say, yeah, I think 
late seventies is where the, you get the cologne name yeah. in pro wrestling. Um, because I believe their grandfather was because I'd be like second or third generation. Yeah, at that point. yeah. Carlito, Carlito was Carlito and Primo were third generation. Um, so That's which right. by the way, I'm hoping very. I think Carlito still does independent shows, but I I just want to see him live once. I like Carlito. <laughs> so uh, but but you know you had the the colognes, but then again you go back to the whole putting teams together. You had you know Big Show and and Edge, and then when Edge got hurt, you had Chris Jericho step in, and so you had Jericho, you know. So just like and then Jericho, yes, you had in the late uh, Ruthless Aggression era were um, Miz and Morrison, you know, and putting yes. them together. Yes. Actually, that's a good transition into actually. Um, yeah, and that's a good transition because those guys actually won Slammy Awards and tag team titles. Yeah, yeah it's crazy because I liked the Miz. You know, I'm a huge. I was a huge Miz mark when I first got into wrestling because this is the time frame when I started watching, right? And I remember the first like match with Miz was against Hornswoggle and Finley. That's another fun team, Hornswoggle and Finley. You know. The most interesting combination, you know, a leprechaun and an Irishman. Who, who knew that it would it would work? But you know, it was another one of those fun teams, and to go up against, like I said, the Miz and Morrison. They had the dirt sheet, of course, and was just they were doing a social. They were kind of doing social media and doing vlogs and stuff before a lot of you know a lot of wrestlers now do. So they were a yeah. huge trailblazer in their in, in the sport. But my first match was watching literally an Irishman and a leprechaun versus. I thought two of the best talents. Like, I didn't know a whole lot of wrestling because my friend just said, Hey, I know you're just getting into wrestling. Go watch this. And I'm like, okay. And sports entertaining, but man, like Finley can work well. You know, Swaggle has a lot of fun spots in that match. Um, but man, like the Miz and Morrison were probably another one of those teams that just had that good chemistry. Yeah, and I totally agree. And and you look at the trajectory of both of them when they went singles. Um, both of them had great singles trajectory. Yeah. Um, you know, Morrison won the ECW world title, and he also won the Intercontinental title. Um, and then he goes off and, you know, wrestles in Lucha Underground. He wins that title. He wins, in you know, independent titles. You know, The Miz stays within the WWE. He's very committed to it. And I'm trying to remember if I read this article. Someone wrote an article about how The Miz is just um, – I believe it was Road Dog. Road Dog wrote how The Miz is his, his number one guy in WWE um, just because The Miz is committed to the to, to the to, to the company. You know, he, he eats – and he's very grateful for it. I mean, you look at someone like The Miz. He's already – a two-time WWE champion. He's been a multiple-time Intercontinental champion, tag team champion, um, inter, um, Intercontinental he's, champion. Well, he's one of the same champion. Guys. Yes, he met his wife in WWE. He met Maurice. He's he's got a beautiful family. He's got a TV show now with them. Yeah. You know that's through WWE. He's he's got everything, and he thinks that to WWE. But like you said, him and Morrison when they started. They were fresh faces. WWE didn't know what they had when they had them. And they just saw it. They're like, this team's good. I mean, people love this team. And it sucks because you see that yeah. a lot in wrestling. And, and especially with you guys know me, I love tag team wrestling. You see it too much of teams breaking up too, too soon. And you're like, dude, this was just getting good. Like, let it go. Let it roll. See where it goes. 
you know. So, and that's what I felt they did with the Miz and Morrison. I felt like they broke them off too soon. Um, they could have had a trajectory of like a DX where they could have been together for years, you know, and and still had the success that they yeah. They could have. You know, because you look at a team like the New Day, you know, when the New Day, and I know I'm jumping ahead, but you look at the New Day, they, they were still a team even when Kofi won the WWE title yeah. and when Big E won the WWE title. They were still a team. Yeah, and, you know, another one that, you know, um, was around that era that was uh, actually a really good pairing. Um and Shrimp Sushi brings a very good team that I'm glad we didn't forget about. Thanks, Shrimp. Uh, the Brothers of Destruction. Yeah. You know, that was a fun you – know, and one of those fun teams that, you know, you can always pair them back up for one of those last couple matches, you know, you, you know especially when they have the whole Saudi Arabia, you know, match with <laughs> Generation X that, that – yeah, not going there. But they had another – you know, that was another – they got put together, you know, which made sense because they had huge storylines with each other, you know, with Undertaker killing Kane's family. Or they were brothers. Was it Undertaker that killed Kane's family? Or was so, it Kane so, so, yeah, so the story. So, um, I guess I because story, you yeah. got into it late. Uh, basically, the story of of Kane and Undertaker. It's kind of like if anybody reads like old stories it's basically the same story as Kane and Abel um but basically Kane and Undertaker were brothers Paul Bearer was in the middle of it Paul Bearer has just been released of his duties from Undertaker um this was like mid to late 90s um you know it was Undertaker was feuding with Shawn Michaels at the time and during this feud Paul Bearer had claimed that uh Undertaker's brother Kane was still alive from a, an, an apparent fire at a funeral home um, that had claimed the life of Kane and their parents. Um, but in return, what had happened was Kane debuted at um, Bad Blood in 97 during the Hell in the Cell match with Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. Um, and so that was his debut. Um, and in, in turn, what turns out was Kane was the one that started the fire, not the Undertaker. The Undertaker got out of there. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So that, in turn, that was the story. But they feuded from like 1997 almost till 2004 um, for a while because they had a lot of matches because at Survivor That's, Series 2003. That is a long feud. I didn't realize it was that long. And then it kind of reignited later on because – what had happened, and I love telling the storylines because these this was some these are just memories. Like Shrimp just said, it brings back memories. Now, in two thousand three Survivor Series, Undertaker feuded with Mister McMahon, and they had a buried alive match at Survivor Series in two thousand three. Well, Kane showed up and cost Undertaker the match and buried him. So, from there on through the Royal Rumble to WrestleMania next year in two thousand four. The story was Kane is happy he finished off his brother, but Undertaker returned as the dead man. Uh, for anybody who doesn't remember, in the early 2001-2002, Undertaker had the American Badass gimmick going on. Um, so he had ditched the whole dead man, but in 2004 he came back as the dead man, and he kind of stuck with it for the rest of his career. Um, 
and 2004 WrestleMania is actually where this Greek kind of like started seeing light. Um, kind of like, I mean, the streak was there for WrestleMania, but it kind of was projected now because of Kane. And it was their second WrestleMania yeah. match, you know, because they had wrestled each other at WrestleMania 98. Um, but then they rekindled their, uh, their um, feud in 2010. When Kane won the World Heavyweight Championship, they kind of feuded again. Um, but yes, the, the they did team up earlier on too as Brothers of Destruction, and then again later in Destruction. So there's a little bit of history there. So uh, from yeah. me, Lexi, to all of you, there's your your history of Brothers of Destruction and how it came to be. <laughs> Well, thank you. I, I can't remember, but thank you for that one. And um, I'm glad that you were, especially if there's, you know, we have a lot of good wrestling fans that watch this show. I'm glad that, that for those of you guys that, that you know, needed a memory to be recalled from your childhood or from that time frame. Come on. Sorry, I think we're good now. Yeah, no, you keep going in and out, Lane. Uh, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to do some research this weekend to see if I can figure out a solution because uh, I hate when this happens. I love talking and unfortunately I hate when I'm doing a good point and it's like <laughs> it just freezes. So um another fun yeah, another team that I thought I liked, you know, um my first started watching wrestling just a weird random one that i just remembered was air boom with um i can't remember what matt seidel's name was in wwe but matt seidel and kofi kingston he went uh, by that was such a fun hiding team i can't remember name? what he went by in WWE. <laughs> matt, uh born i can't Evan remember born he went evan by born. Evan yes born. evan born yes WWE. thank you yes he went by evan born yes and kofi kingston yep that was such a that was such a fun like I was like oh my gosh like whoa like they are doing like stuff I never thought I would see in wrestling. Yeah, or that's why I think chin lock up a lot, triple A attitude adjustment, pile driver. Yeah, that's that's that that one is when Kofi still had his Jamaican kind of thing going on, um, his Jamaican gimmick <laughs> or something. Yeah, that's- um, I love which was that. great because, <laughs> because, it was, because it was the DX meeting. Um, I can't remember what, but they were on TV, and then Kofi like talks, and he's like, "We got to start focusing because that team is all." And then Triple H goes, "Wait, I'm a little confused. Aren't you supposed to be Jamaican?" <laughs> yeah, that was. Oh my gosh, like. Well, because think so about people, it just like act like nothing happened, and it just yeah, they forgot and, that he was Jamaican. No, um, and looking I, at like uh, looking at the new day, right? Like, yeah. Well, you also have to remember too in that same time period. Not only you know where you got into tag wrestling, I I or you got into wrestling. Like I I had been watching it for a while, so I've been trying to keep on top of every promotion I could. You know, mostly TNA and <laughs> WWE because if I wasn't enjoying something on WWE, I'd see what TNA was doing, and uh, you know that's when you started seeing LAX 
in TNA, you know, uh, Santana and Ortiz um, start showing up. Yeah. Um, you know, sh- and, and they had a nice little run, you know, with them and Hernandez was part of that group. And, you know, they, they had some great matches in, in TNA, LAX, um, both with, um, you know, PD Williams and his crew. I keep forgetting what PD Williams team was called. If anybody can remember their name of that team in TNA that PD Williams had, um, please, by all means, go ahead and comment it because I can't remember for the life of me what the name of it was. But it was like PD Williams and like two other guys within the crew, I think. Um, but yeah, their matches with them, but you know, they also had matches with the Dudleys, you know, and I'm pretty sure they yeah. feuded with uh, Ace, uh, Aces and Aces. So that time, yeah. So. Ace and Aces. I mean, you know, look, there was a lot of teams and a lot of factions and a lot of teams now, and a lot of guys on these teams that looking at now are in, you know, AW. Look at at the roster, right? You know, looking at, you know, some of the teams that are, that were in ROH are now going to be for independence scene. You know, you have you know, you have War Machine, which are now the Viking Raiders. You know, they have decent success in that, but they thought. But they had a really great run in NXT, their takeover match with you know, and Alistair Black, you know, Malachi Black. That is all backing War Machine you know, versus the Briscoes, War Machine, the Young Bucks. Like, it's crazy to, like, think that all these teams that were in ROH and Impact are on a bigger scale. I was mentioning Santana and Ortiz, you know, looking at how, you know, with the whole, you know, going from LAX to now Prime Powerful, you know, to see that transition. Um, of course, you have, you know, you have Red Dragon, you know, and Emble, you know, you had, you know, Still kind of on this for ways a little bit, you know, killing NXT with tag matches and actions, and like you know, you have the people in ROH, right? And obviously, with ROH, you really can't talk about tag team wrestling without mentioning probably sure cutting out, but yeah, yeah like it's little top teams, yeah. Um, I was going to say, you can't really mention Ring of Honor, especially, you know, it's it's 2005, 2006 starting of tag teams to what it was without mentioning some of the big ones, you know, the Young Bucks, you know, the Briscoes. Um, heck, even El Generico and Kevin Steen were a team in ROH for a while. Um, obviously, El Generico became Sami Zayn and then Kevin Steen is Kevin Owens, but they were a team for a yes. while. Um, you know, so in Ring of Honor, um, that, so, I mean, it's crazy. Three, like to look at, yeah, those three teams. I mean, they defined Ring of Honor tag team wrestling. Those three, um, you know, and um, honestly, I don't think Ring of Honor would be where it is with tag teams if it wasn't for those three teams. 
and then you add in the mix FTR in there a little bit, and then you had the Hardy show up in Ring of Honor a little bit and wrestle, you know, the Bucks and all that. And so, I mean, you, you got to give it to Ring of Honor for also pushing tag team wrestling to the limit. But again, you know, with, with the Briscoes, the Briscoes redefine, um, you know, what, what tag team wrestling sh- will always be is two guys who are just really close to each other growing up. You know, I, I guess you could say the Hardys kind of started at first, but then F or, and the, the Briscoes kind of just took it for their own. And they changed the entire tag team outlook, you know, where it's just brutal. You know, I mean, we, we watched the match last night of Dynamite. Um, and, you know, Mark Briscoe jumped, took that elbow and took it to Jay Lisa through a table. You know, I'm saying, hey, that's what Jay would have wanted. It was violent matches, you know, and that's what the Briscoes did as a tag team was violent matches. They got physical, you know. So, but yeah, no, um, I, I would say, you know, FTR, the Bucks, um, Briscoes, and then Kevin Steen and El Generico. You know, those those were the established teams in Ring of Honor. You know, and then obviously had a lot of these. It's really hard because you say tag teams, but then you got to look at factions. Yeah, factions do break off to be tag teams. You know, you look at you look at factions like the Bullet Club, at you know teams like um, the Kingdom. You look at groups like you yeah, know, Ace Ace. You, know, you look at all these team factions that break off to be tag teams. So I mean, you look at the the, the good ones. Yeah, you know, Carl Anderson and you know, good brothers. Uh, yeah. You know, you know, Lou, you, you look at those guys, you know, and then you got, and then you got, you know, the Bludgeon <laughs> brothers, you know, you got Luke Harper and, you know, Eric Rowan. So, like, these guys break off from factions and become tag teams. You know, it's crazy, like, to look at it, too. Um, a lot of people have mixed feelings. It's better than the Young Bucks. Um, thanks, Mike, for your comment. I with really when you tag team wrestling, you know, I feel like you have to think those two, you know, they're up there with when people ask you, hey, what's the best tag team? Usually people will say Usos, Bucks, FTR, you know, Briscoes. Like, they're that's things like we are in a great era of there's so many different types of wrestling matches. And the reason why, like, I can't pick which team I like better between FTR and the Bucks is because you have. You know, both teams are perfect in their own ways. And when they came together, oh my gosh, like when they have, you know, when when FTR, you know, and the Bucks have their, that title match, that was one of the matches I've ever seen. Um, so it was, it's, it's one of those times that it's just, it's so crazy, you know, look at tag team wrestling where it is now and to see, you know, the Trailblazers, you know, I would even say, you know, the Grill is a Destiny, G.O.D., you know, seeing what those guys are doing in Japan. You know, you have a lot of hot, hot talent coming up. Um, you have the Acclaimed. You know, the Acclaimed have been one of the most funniest tag teams, uh, you know, of the last couple of years in AEW. Um, and to see, you know, they were just thrown together, and it's worked well. Yeah, no, and I totally agree. Um, I, and I, I honestly can go with that same sentiment, actually, with – you know, with, with two different styles too. You see the young bucks, they're flyers, but with with FTR, they're they're ground and pound tag team wrestlers. Um, you know, they, they want to beat you up. 
Whereas the young bucks are going to hit those high spots and <laughs> yeah. hit those super kicks, you know, um, same thing with, you know, Kevin's when, when Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn were in ring of honor, when they were a team, El Generico and Kevin Steen, yeah, they, they mixed and match, you know, cause El Generico was a flyer and he did all this, but Kevin Steen was a mean, just brute. He would beat you up, you know? And so, um, you know, I like the two different styles that you get in tag team. You get you get a vast different style of, of wrestling and tag team, um, especially with the acclaimed. Because again, we go back to the acclaimed. These were just two guys put together, and they made something out of nothing. And now they're tag team champions, and they both have great singles yeah. matches. Sometimes, you know, when they have to wrestle by themselves, they'll have great singles matches. You know, people forget that some teams that are just put together are just individual wrestlers that just have awesome singles matches. It just sometimes creative and other in promotions creative just don't have anything from them individually and just say we can make it a tag team if you guys can make it work. Um, so, um, so, so I mean, I'm I'm sentiment about that. Where every tag team is going to have its own style. Yeah, and it's, and it's crazy. Like, there's so many different tag teams out there. You know, you can't also when you think tag teams too. You know, you also got to look at you know the New Day and the Usos. You know, two of probably the longest you know teams together in WWE to see them and especially like I said because the Usos evolved. Like they went from you know the face paint to the Uso Penitentiary front since day one ish. You know and to see that you know involvement and then on the flip side you have the new day who had a little bit of character development um and of course you know two out of your three members win the big one you know win the championship um and for them to actually be there for each other for that moment like that that was probably one of my last favorite moments of wwe is when kofi won that championship and then when biggie won it it was such a big celebration for that trio and i always was telling people i want new day to split up but looking at it merch-wise and fan-wise, besides my, you know, my professional opinion, um, you have the New Day was selling the most merch. Um, and unfortunately, it sucks because uh, Big E is still recovering. Uh, I think Mike just posted a comment. I'll get to Connor's here in a second because Connor just popped in as well. Um, yeah, he did. With Big E, yeah. So Big E, um, fortunately, you know, he's still out with that broken neck. Um, he doesn't know if he's come back to wrestling, he, but he has been very supportive of his New Day brethren. So hopefully, maybe Royal Rumble, since it's here Sunday, you know, it'll be Sunday, or sometime hopefully later this year. Hopefully, he'll come back because you know I would love to see those three do something again. And it's one of those things that I never knew what I was missing until it was gone. Kind of moments because. Like I said, for years, I did not like the New Day. I had a hard time and thought they were each weighing each other down. But if you listen to how they speak about each other, they're going to be one of the most, you know, remembered teams in history. So, you know, really, if we're talking modern wrestling, you know, you got to put the New Day and the Usos on the list, too. Now, don't get me wrong. I think the Bucks and FTR have had better years than those guys. But, um, but you know what? They've still, like, so they're, at least they're still consistent and they're still at least doing something on TV. So, like I said, it's it's crazy with like all the talent we have. You know, look at Impact, Impact Wrestling. You have, um, you have, of course, you have Mike Bay and um, Ace Austin. They're mm -hmm. doing a lot of fun work. You of course have Motor City Machine Guns on the top of the mountain again. You know, having that formation come back and just being a great tag team. You know, you have 
you know, you have the whole, you know, violent by design, you know, there's a lot of great teams in that division that I think in the next couple of years, you know, I think they're going to be on a bigger scale. You know, we've already seen Motor C machine guns on rampage, but I think we'll maybe see them in AEW eventually. I'd love mm-hmm. to see a crossover. We'll be on dynamite. instead of just rampage. Yeah. Um, so Connor has officially joined the chat. Hey Connor. hey, Connor. Uh, thanks for watching brother. We miss you. Hope to see you next week. And I hope, uh, everything is going well with your emergency and, um, yeah, man, good to have you. Uh, Connor, let's see, but my favorite, ta- he's going to, his favorite tag team of all time is definitely the Hardys. Yeah. We had yeah. a really good discussion about the Hardys and, uh, his favorite tag team match coming up. Um, was a Hardys versus Team 3 versus Edge and Christian. You know, that was still just crazy match. I've gone back and I've watched it a couple times this year already. And wow, it's such a great moment. Yeah, and Connor, we, we really touched base on that. And we, we totally agreed with what you said. We we definitely <laughs> think that, 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 that match itself really changed the outlook on tag team wrestling gimmick matches. I mean, I, I said it earlier and I'll repeat myself. I mean, you wouldn't have Full Metal Mayhem. You wouldn't have Lights Out matches. You wouldn't have any of these, especially if it wasn't for that TLC match between those three teams. Yeah, and and like um, we were talking earlier, the Road Warriors and Harlem Heat. So you must oh, yeah. have read our minds, <laughs> like because <laughs> we've mentioned both those teams. You know, it's it's crazy. Like you know, looking back now, looking at the Road Warriors and Harlem Heat, um, the Dudleys, you know, the Four Horsemen. Just looking at how many. And even the Hardys, just Alti and throw the Hardys in there. Look how many teams have been inspired by all those acts. You know, you had FTR with the Horsemen. You had the Young Bucks, you know, with the Rock and Roll Express, the Hardys. You know, a lot of people with with Harlem Heat, you know, giving inspiration to, you know, African-Americans with, you know, having those teams come up like, like the New Day. So thanks to a lot, you know, thanks to a lot of these, you know, earlier teams that we saw in the the 80s, the 90s, you know, it really developed into probably one of the best. I think we are in probably the renaissance of wrestling right now. You know, I think we are, we have something special. Yeah. And I totally agree with that. Um, That um, those, I mean, you look at those teams, um, both those teams really redefined um, their generation of wrestling. Um, Harlem Heat leads to teams like, you know, the New Day um, and the Usos, these diverse teams, you know, and even the acclaimed, you know, these diverse teams, you know. And then you got the Road Warriors who kind of open the door for these gimmicky teams that 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 are just, you know, that come out to a different style. Um, but you love it. You know, you love seeing that in pro wrestling. The, the tag teams, you're like, who's the next big tag team? You know, like who's going to be the next gen- era of tag team wrestlers. Yeah. And it, it's crazy. Um, like, you know, it's, it's one of those things like, like now look right. Um, like, you know, there's some, like, there's so many different teams and like, there's, especially with ring of honor coming back up, um, you know, with NXT, you know, developing new stars as we speak, like I said, it's going to be a crazy next few years. And, you know, I would love to do another podcast next year on how the landscape of tag teams has changed in a year to see who's where, you know, who's doing what. Um, let's see. Let's go to the comments section, shall we? Um, Mike says, back to our bi- 
back to our New Day comment, uh, Big E was a better single star. I agree, uh, especially when he was like Ziggler's muscle man. Like I wanted Big E to split off. So, yeah, I feel like he had a lot. He has a lot or had a lot of potential depending on what could happen. But I always thought he had a lot of potential to be a great world champion. Too bad, unfortunately, WWE didn't see it that way as much as the fans did. Um, going to Mike, uh, beer money every time. Oh, oh, but I go and hear the click. I say beer money. Hell yeah, brother. Yeah. I was the same thing, man. Man, when they put those two guys together, I was like, yep, perfect. (laughs) Um, I think Adam was right that the guns is going to be 2023's uh, year, but FTR needs to win those tag titles. The first reign wasn't as good. Well, the first reign wasn't as good because it was very hard during a pandemic year. Um, where there's no crowd. Um, I, I guarantee you if there's a crowd, FTR's run probably would have been a lot better for the first time. Um, and I do agree that this year, I, I honestly think the Guns are going to wrestle the acclaimed at Revolution, and I think the Guns yeah. are going to win those tag titles. It's, it's going to be crazy, but I think there's going to be a miscommunication between the acclaimed and Billy Gunn, and the Guns are going to win it. And then it's going to lead down the road of Billy Gunn rejoining his sons. Um, yeah. They kind of foreshadowed that a little bit last night. Yeah. and But honestly, I think the Acclaim get those titles back. Um, but I think I think the Guns hold them for a decent amount of time for 2023. You know, and, it's, and who knows what could happen. Like, as a time of recording, you know, you have – Jungle Hook, you know, we're going back to like the whole wrestling tag teams are thrown together. Jungle Hook, I don't know why, but the, the two matches they've had, I've been very invested in and have enjoyed both matches. Yeah. Uh, I know that, um, and I do know that, you know, Jungle Boy and Hook are way better single competitors, but there's just something there. Like they, you know, you may not need Hook to talk, but there's something they could do there a little bit. Um, of course, you have another team, that another good point I saw earlier. If, uh, on Twitter is La Sex Gods with Jericho and Sammy Guevara. You know, they've only had one title match as a tag team, right? Yeah. And I think that something could come of that. And I think they could be the acclaim I think they could be the acclaimed challengers at Revolution if you don't go with the guns. Yeah, I just feel like at Revolution right now, they are leaning towards the guns versus the acclaimed right now. So it's just a too good of a storyline to go. Yeah. Um, I think that's kind of, there's, I think that's the direction they're going to go. Like I said, they had a really good sit down. Um, like I said, last night, if you haven't, I thought it was one of the best moments on the show. Um, a lot of people disagree with that for some reason on Twitter, but I, I've, um, I've thoroughly enjoyed that segment last night between two because it the acclaimed it felt real that the pain that they were feeling with their whole dad being on the road for most of their life but then for them to go back into being greedy assholes greedy little kids and saying <laughs> you know the only way that you can fix this is those titles so like there was a, there was a very multi-layer to them last night and i thought like i said and that's why i think with the roh um well not roh but with the you know the acclaimed and with the Gun Club, that's going to be one of the best AEW feuds. Um, I think it might be AEW like tag team feud of the year if, if FTR doesn't come back. Or right, who knows? Like, it's, it's a weird moment in wrestling for sure. And I know we've discussed this many times. I know Connor, I, Adam, 
especially in our group chat, you know, we've discussed that. There's times where it feels like there's been a ever since, um, you know, FTR is taking a break. You know, you have the more focus with the Lucha Bros and Pac and the Bucks and Kenny with the trios, you know, and the, you know, the House of Black, you know, with those teams more focusing on the trios championship and doing trios matches. It feels like there's not many like of those tag teams like there was when AW first started. So I wonder, like I said, I wonder how this year's going to shape up because I think Tony's a genius, and I'm wondering if we'll have, you know, a split with the with one of the factions to be in a tag team, or you know, it, it, it's crazy. Like because especially it's one of those things that I don't know. It's a What's your take on that? Like, do you think we need to work more on tag teams in the division now since the trio belts? Or what's what's your take on that, Adam? I mean, right now, I mean, I do feel like the the attention to to detail on the tag division has kind of dwindled a little bit because you got a lot of focus on that trios. Um, with with the introduction of the trios titles, that's that was their main focus. Um, and I felt like the tag team titles kind of took a step back. Um, but then, then there lays the problem when you got a strong team like FTR taking a little break. Now you need tag teams to step up. Um, you just mentioned, you know, Jungle Hook, you know, putting together. But something about that works. Um, you know, you got the yeah. acclaim, you know, doing well with those tag titles. Now you got the gun stepping up, you know. And that, that's pretty much your focus right now. Every other team is a faction, um, you know. And, and like I said, I feel like – you can really excel those tag titles by maybe having two guys in a faction have those titles and then the third guy in that faction have an individual title. You know, I mentioned it earlier. I'd love to see House of Black. If they don't give them the trios titles, I like to see Buddy yeah. and Brody win the tag titles and then, you know, um, Malachi win either the All-Atlantic or the TNT you know, and have those three guys at least have gold. You know, if they're not going to pull the trigger on the trio title with that, that group. Um, but I do feel like, you know, the tag team division is, is kind of thinner than usual within AEW. Um, yeah. But I can say that same, same thing with the other promotion. Yeah. I mean, with, with WWE, all you got is the Usos. I mean, they've pretty much beaten every freaking <coughs> in that company and it's kind of it's kind of ridiculous it kind of gets overdrawn you know yeah we got thinner roster of a tag team and AEW, but the story's a lot better you know and, and it's not like the acclaimed have had those titles for a long time you know and, yeah. and they got a good challenger in the guns who could possibly dethrone them at revolution um but i do think we need to focus um on all the titles, you know, in a general, uh, in, in a general sense of the exact thing, like you need to focus on all those titles, you know, with those titles the same time share on screen. Um, but like I said, I think with FTR stepping away, I, I think you really need to look at your division and say, what can we do to make tag teams work? Um, well, that's got one reason. Why, yeah, we got the trios. Let's focus on tag team. I think that's why I have a very high respect for FTR because they put like they brought the acclaimed up to their level. Mm -hmm. Like they they made them a bigger star with those belts um, than they were before, and to where it made more sense compared to just that with you know Swerved and Argonauty. 
Um, so I feel like FTR doing that for them really brought that division up. Um, of course, you have best friends that could easily be inserted back into any title picture. Um, hopefully Santana Ortiz can you know hash things out. Uh, um, you have Top Flight, that another one of those you know specific tag teams that you know I. character and selling and slowing down a little bit and i think if they work on those couple of things they could be up there with the bucks the acclaimed the usos um there, there's a lot of hungry tag teams out there now yeah and i will be totally honest one tag team that i wasn't familiar with until they started promoting you know the forbidden door pay-per-view was aussie open you know, oh, I, yes. I had no I idea what Aussie Open was, you know, and then they, they showed up in AEW with, you know, Will Ospreay, and I'm like, who is this team? I was actually thoroughly enjoyed – I thoroughly enjoyed that team. I was like, wow, these guys are really good tag team. Like, why have I not watched these guys before? So. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, Connor, Connor even put on there um, some helpful stuff for ROH's uh, rebrand. Um, he's put uh, – uh, I think for the ROH tag team division, they should sign Devon Dudley's sons, TNT, and then uh, move Iron Savages, also known as Bear Country, over. And I think that, yeah, that'd be, yeah. that's a good idea, Connor. I agree with that. I think that would be a good way to, exp- I think that'd be a good way to build new teams. And with ROH, you know, coming hopefully very soon. I think we'll hear something in March about like a weekly episodic, um, even if it's an honor club. Um, just something weekly, you know, episodic that we'll get very soon. And ROH is going to need tag teams. And really, I think only, unfortunately, with what happened with Jay, um, you know, you only really have a couple teams. Like you only have really the Kingdom at this point. So, yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. And I, I think ROH, I think now, I, I would just run YouTube shows. I would just get free publicity. Just do like a, just. Film besides dark film, a film ROH beforehand. Yeah, um, honestly, if they go with, you know, with with bringing ROH back to television here soon, um, I mean, you got to make that almost a, almost a, its own two hours two hour show. Um, which which I yeah. feel I, I understand the idea of the Honor Club, uh, where you can stream episodes. But at the same time, I mean, do you really want to cram all that kind of wrestling into one one or two days? Um, whereas, you know, you can maybe do a live show of Ring of Honor either Thursday nights. I mean, the only thing you're going against on Thursdays are taped episodes yeah. of, of Impact. You know, or those are already taped episodes, you know. But you can always do a live episode of Ring of Honor on a Thursday. You know, and then if you want to do what they're doing with AEW, where yeah. they do like an hour yeah. special evolution or uh, uh, um, God, I can't remember um, AEW Dark or you know all that stuff. You can do an hour of that on like a Tuesday, you know, like or or, or, or like a yeah, a, and like that, yeah. you know. Well, if you think about it too. Um, as we start to uh, wrap up, you know, with, you know, I just saw a tweet the other day that 
uh, um, Warner Brothers and TBS put out saying that um, she's very pleased with AEW. She's very pleased with Tony and really happy with the ratings. So, like I said, maybe somebody's, I think somebody's in the Honor Club. So, it's going to be fun to see. Um, do you have um, any random teams you want to give notice to before we go off the air? Um, any, uh, any, trying to think, um, Connor had mentioned that the, the bar with Claudio and Seamus, that kind of worked. Um, yeah, but, uh, let's, let's go, let's go old school. Um, and let's go, let's go ECW days, <laughs> um, and, and go Pitbulls, um, give them a shout out because, yeah, um, they were they were basically the innovators of the tag team dog collar match. Um, they they basically took it to another level uh, with the dog collar match. Uh, if it wasn't for the pit bulls and ECW, I don't think we'd see any tag team dog collar matches, especially the one we had between FTR and the Briscoes. Um, but you know, the pit bulls were another team that I loved um, watching in ECW. Um, and then obviously, you know, you had public enemies, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, that was a great, great set. And then, um, God, I, I can't remember. There's so many, <laughs> there's so many, you know, but you know, for me, I enjoy tag yeah. team wrestling. It's, it's just that, that feel of, you got that formula of, one guy's getting beat up. He's getting beat up. He's got to get out of there. He's got to get his tag team partner in there. His tag team partner's got to help. And then that hot tag comes and the crowd goes wild. It's just so crazy. I remember doing that a lot watch, watching pro wrestling. I'm like, dude, just tag out, tag out, tag out. Get that hot tag. Get that I love hot the hot tag. tag. Yes. Only it's just there. It is just there. Um, and so, you know, and like you said, it's, it's something that we should – look upon like see what this year holds for tag team wrestling and then next year come back together and be like all right what did we think of last year um and and it's so great because yeah. um with tag team wrestling you mix and match guys but then you got guys that have been teams forever that you can put into storylines with other teams and it, it the styles clash and i just enjoy it so much um and, and I'm hoping this is the year of tag teams. Like, I really do. Um, you know, we've had years of individuals and, you know, gimmick matches and events and all that. But I really want to see this year being focused on on tag teams and tag team matches. Um, and um, especially, I'd love to see um, more representation of, um, of mixed tag teams. You know, I'd like to see, you know, now that Adam yes. Cole's back, I'd like to see him and Britt tag team up against another male-female team, you know, and, and that intergender kind of match kind of stuff where the male and the female can wrestle each other. Like, it's like, I kind of want to see that. It's The possibilities are endless. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to give a shout-out to, uh, <laughs> you know, um, I, went through, I went through a huge um, – I went through a huge, especially with some passing. I went through a lot of Briscoe matches the last week, right? And one of the funnest matches that I have seen with the Briscoes is an intergender tag match with the Briscoes 
and Team Bussy. Bussy. Yep. Effie and Allie. Yep. <laughs> and just a shout out to Bussy, just because you know it's, it's one of those fun GCW you know independent teams that no matter what who they're going against, they're gonna have a lot of fun. They're gonna bring stereotypes of the LGBTQ community, especially down here in the South. Um, so shout out to Bussy, is are killing it on the independent scene, and like your match against the Briscoes, and for the Briscoes to put them over. Um, Effie was talking about it too. It kind of it's kind of like that perfect timing, like when you, um, like you know, like when everything kind of lines up. Like you watch a match, and the next thing you know, it's on. The, um, but Effie was talking about it when he was giving his little his little dedication to Jay. And his he did a funny Jay impersonation. You know, Jay was like, Jay, like the Briscoes had just barely gotten in. They were late to the show because their flight was delayed. And when uh, he, they, the promoter told Effie, hey, go tell the Briscoes that you're, they're dropping the belts to you tonight. Hey, um, you're putting us over tonight. He's like, oh, really? Shit, man, let's go. Shit, yeah. What's, uh, what do you want to do? Let's get your shit in. Let's go. I also and want to I, give a for the Briscoes. I also want to give a shout out to uh, Loud Rebellion in NWA, um, another tag team that everybody needs to check out. Um, it, they're lucha style wrestlers, and they are freaking awesome. I'll have to watch the matches. Yes, uh, Ooh, they, I like the choice. I mean, Loud Rebellion is actually its own like kind of like professional wrestling group and but it's all lucha and i freaking love it hmm. um and then my last shout out for the episode is going out to my favorite impact team slash independent team just because they brought the edgeheads back a little bit with the major players uh matt cardona and brian myers aka zach Ryder and kurt hawkins um <laughs> heel teams out there as you guys know i'm a huge mark for those guys like it's literally my twitter handle you know major mark um but those guys have been killing it on the independent scene and in impact wrestling so it's been awesome to see those guys uh actually a good team um and actually showed that instead of just being jobbed out to the viking raiders after they beat ftr at wrestlemania um in new york so to see stuff like that, um, yeah, there's a lot of cool random independent, you know, acts out there that I'm glad that we were able to give, you know, it's a small section, uh, but give them a small little, give them a little shine on this podcast tonight. Yes, well done. <laughs> so yeah, I think you know what to be honest, with you, this was a lot of fun. Um, I actually, I think there was a lot of, uh, uh, there's a lot of. Um, Great input in different teams that we discussed. So in the second below, uh, why don't you guys comment what your favorite tag team, you know, was or your favorite tag team moment with any of the teams that we mentioned before. Um, so thank you guys so much for joining us tonight on Talking Elite. We are we hope you guys had a great time. Thank you, Adam, again for joining up. It's always a pleasure to speak with you. You know, you just got Absolutely. so much knowledge in that big, beautiful head of yours. And this bald um, head of mine, yeah. So, <laughs> yes. Um, 
Shrimp Sushi, just let me see his comment real quick. Uh, Shrimp says, thank you guys. It was really fun reliving certain moments. Thank you, Shrimp. We appreciate yes, it. Thank, thank you. you so much for watching. You know, I didn't pay him because Shrimp is my my actual in real life best friend. So thank you, uh, Shrimp, for watching. And, of course, you know, to Ethan and uh, and Mike, you know, Connor, of course. Thank you, Connor, for watching. Um, it was just, it was, it was a really fun show. I had a lot of fun with this one. Yes, I enjoyed it thoroughly. And again, I'm, I'm always happy to, because of my knowledge to give background on storylines because <laughs> some of them just stick out to me. Yeah. Um, next week we, I have a very, we have a very fun episode planned and I'll add him on air because he does not know what we're going to discuss next week. Um, so I had this idea today while I was putting together this show. Uh, next week, we are going to be talking um, about some of the best wrestling families. Ooh. So we're going to talk about generations from the Ortons to the road. Talk about some of the new ones coming up with Pillman Jr. And talking about you know Brock Anderson and what yeah. and what Stop. AEW can Stop do for those it all guys. Away, Stop yeah, giving it all away. There's a lot of families. We got we got a lot yeah. to cover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's yeah. So we're gonna be covering um we're gonna be doing uh generations next week on the All Lead Zone podcast. We'd like to thank you guys so much for listening. I had a great time tonight, Adam. God bless you, man. Thank you so much for listening. Um make no sure you guys hit the bell and like and subscribe down below. Um, cause we do watch alongs. Uh, of course we do talking elite where we do a different topic every single week. And don't forget, of course we do great watch alongs for dynamite rampage and WCW, or just, we do a specific wrestler on our rotations as well. Um, we have some stuff coming up in the works. Um, Connor's got uh, a lot of stuff that he is working on currently. Uh, we have a couple fantasy booking shows coming out. Um, I think we're going to be, be planning another card pull eventually down the road so uh make sure you guys uh, check out you know all that random nerd stuff that we post on here as well uh make sure you guys like us on spotify connor went through spotify and has added a lot of our episodes so if you want to go back while you're driving or at work and you don't want to pull up youtube check us out on spotify and podbeam we are growing so make sure you guys like share with your friends so we can keep this uh, podcast growing like I said, thanks again, Adam. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you guys next time.